Hello, it's Kerry and Rachel. Rachel, what are you doing? You got all the good words. <laughs> Welcome to Dirty Vegetables, a podcast where we discuss hot topics in the vegan world, exposing the dirt on animal industries and sharing our complete adoration for vegetables. 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 Hello everyone, this is future Carrie and Rachel talking to you. Just a little note on this podcast, our very first podcast ever, this was a pilot. So we actually recorded this in a van in Malaga with a furry little gizmo, so it's not the best quality. Since then, we have upgraded our technology considerably and the sound quality you will find improves as the episodes go on. But... Don't be discouraged from listening to this episode because it was a wonderful practice for us and we really enjoyed it and we had so much fun and it's really good listening for you to get to know the podcast. On with the episode. Enjoy. So welcome along. Welcome to our first episode of Dirty Vegetables, a podcast about all things vegan. Mm. And we're going to start off with our first one with a little bit about what vegan is to us some anecdotes, our perception of veganism before we became vegan. But if you're not vegan yourself, don't run for the hills. Stick around. There's no discrimination here. Everyone's welcome. Yeah, this just, if you're not vegan, just use this as a little taster, a little amuse-bouche, if you will. The title kind of alludes to the fact that often vegans don't have a whole load of options, and so they're given something very dull, such as watercress. Leaves. <laughs> leaves on <laughs> plate. A small plate of varied leaves. And a moose bush. This is just a little taster. Get your, get your taste buds tingling taste for, sensation. for the episodes to come. Ooh. Ooh. Okay, so we want to start off each week with a dirty ingredient of the week. Mm. And it's going to be like a staple of the vegan pantry. Mm. Something that you're using again and again and again can't live without a delicious dirty ingredient if you will exactly and this week it is coconut milk Mm. i love coconut milk use it in curries you can use it in desserts i've actually i don't think i've ever actually used it in a dessert lime syllabub what? <laughs> what was that a, noise you just made? I made you a coconut lime syllabub. Syllabub? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Is that what it was called? I'm sure I remember. That's what it was called. It was delicious. It was good. What is a syllabub? I don't know. Something creamy, like a mm. thick yogurt cream panna cotta. I think a curry, for me, a curry is potentially a little bit lacking without the coconut milk. Oh, hugely. Depends on what it is, of course. A madras wouldn't have coconut milk, but damn. And not to be confused with the coconut milk you put in your fridge. Oh, We're yeah. talking tinned. Tinned coconut goodness. milk. When you've got the layer of coconut cream at the top mm. and the coconut water underneath. But you know what? I've got a really good tip for everyone who, if you're buying coconut milk, I always check the percentage of coconut on the back mm. because there is such a difference between good coconut milk and bad coconut milk. So if it says like 55%, you're thinking, not the best. There's one in Dunn's stores in Northern Ireland that's not important you can probably get in lots of places but it's like 98% coconut milk wow and that is my vibe so look at the ingredients folks you do start to notice the difference Mm. and I'm really I'm never 
picking up the can of light. Oh, I'm no. never k- picking up the can of light. Coconut I've milk. done it by accident before and been really so sad. disappointed. It's really watery. Yeah. Like, oh, the coconut cream at the top is is instrumental to mm. any to any dish. You can even use it in pasta. Really nice yeah. as like a creamy pasta sauce with other things. Like, how do you make coconut milk? Is it just like blended coconuts? Oh, I'm not sure. If anyone knows, um, hit us up because I'd love to know now. I'm very curious. Is um, an absolute essential for the vegan pantry. We couldn't live without it. It is the. It's the epitome of milks in it. <laughs> <laughs> also, ramen. Ramen with coconut milk, which seems unusual, but it's a Thai ramen. Thai food. Thai is. curry. <gasps> thai curry without coconut milk. How could mm. we have forgotten? <laughs> well, the hell, that's where that's where I got introduced to coconut milk mm. to make Thai curry. I got introduced to it at a club one time. It came over and introduced itself. That's a crap joke. But yeah, it is a It is in pina colada, although it's actually coconut cream, but I think coconut cream is it's just the, bit the, top. the top bit. An absolute essential. I don't think any vegan could live without it. It's, it, it. <laughs> I think vegans have lived without it in I the past. Fuck me. Mm. Mm. Coconut milk. Coconut milk. So, without further ado, let's get digging! <laughs> That's so <a> Liam. <laughs> <laughs> really good point to start is where did the term vegan actually come from when it came about we have a fun fact to tell you we do just that (laughs) (laughs) so it was actually first coined by donald watson in 1944 for the first issue of the vegan news which is a magazine and they decided that they thought that some of the existing terminology like vegetarian or non-lacto were not didn't adequately encompass what this diet actually meant because vegetarian people could still eat milk and eggs and non-lacto wasn't really excluding the eggs it was just excluding the dairy products so they decided they needed a new word and they came up with vegan and it's types quicker to type than vegetarian for the magazine as well so and lo and behold veganism was born can you imagine being a vegan in 1944 no no tofu, no vegan chicken nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> you just, would literally just be eating like grains and pulses. Yeah. I watched this video recently of Kate Bush. You know Kate Bush, the singer? Uh, she sings Wuthering Heights. Yeah. You know that song? <laughs> no, I, st- I said yes before, but now I'm thinking no. <laughs> I'll play after. Let me play a wee clip in here. Are we allowed to do that? Is that if illegal? It's, if it's Copy. five seconds or less. Oh, then yes. So um, I watched a video with her recently, and she was about in like the 80s, 70s. And she was vegetarian, but she was cooking this meal on like the BBC News. And it was like completely vegan. And the news, like broadcaster, was asking her questions about it. So confused, like, what are you putting in here? And she was like, just some garlic and some ginger and nuts. And it was just that was as simple as that. And it was like such a shock, like, oh my goodness, look how at this. Could, how could that be a meal? But did you not think that at the start as well? Yeah, 
and for sure like I was I was scared that I would not know what to eat yeah. like like everyone has this stereotype that you're just going to be eating like iceberg lettuce and cherry tomatoes <laughs> um, and I actually thought that that I'm what what was going to be like the the substantial part of my meals like how can I um how can I make this appetizing um but you can yeah you but really it was can. confusing at the start as well because even at the start when I decided right I want to cut all this out I still didn't really know what to make yeah certainly a journey it is a journey like I think people are worried that they couldn't just go vegan and I don't think I could have just gone vegan instantly. I could have, but it would have been really hard. Because mm-hmm. your body would have tried to adapt as well. I'd be like, what are all these beans? Yeah. <laughs> no, I think my I think at first, like, in terms of my body, I think at first the additional fibre, like, I really felt the difference. <laughs> but then... All that movement. All that movement. <laughs> <laughs> but I also, I don't think that there should be... Um, an all or nothing attitude towards it mm. because um like i think if you're able to cut down your consumption that there's a term like reductionist if you're able to become a reductionist and consciously reduce how much you're eating of meat and fish and dairy and eggs then it's a hugely positive thing and with time your repertoire expands and then you realize that you've got a few more vegan recipes and a few more and then before you know it you're like, I think I could adequately completely feed myself for the whole week without having any other animal products. Mm. But you don't need... To, some people feel that they need to flip, flick a switch and it's like, that's it, I'm vegan from now on. And if you're able to do that, then hats off to you. But I think for the majority of us, like, it's a, it's a transition. But I think even, like, with things like cheese, like, this should be fact-checked, but... There's like cassian in cheese, which is addictive. Mm-hmm. So you're actually addicted to cheese. So it's not just as easy as I'm giving up cheese. See you later. Yeah. You're like addicted to it. Even if it's not an actual addiction, like if you're brought up on something from your one year old eating like chicken or whatever, you're going to be so used to it. How can you just say, just give up? Mm-hmm. I do know people who have done that mm-hmm. and just said, give up but I don't know if it went as smoothly as I'm giving it up Mm -hmm. you know yeah and I think you should be kind to yourself I think because what you said our bodies are literally addicted to these things and because of that we're craving them um then you know go easy on yourself if you cave especially I think I caved the most on like a night out at the Mm. the start like on the way home it'd be like chips cheese and um garlic sauce that was like my go-to and I loved it and I just couldn't think of a vegan equivalent mm. that would just like hit the spot in the same way. Um, and that would be like once a week max, once every two or three weeks more likely that I'd had that. But and I and I felt guilty. Mm. I would feel really guilty. It would be like I'd felt like I'd like let the vegan community <laughs> down or something. I totally agree. Um, like but you should go easy on yourself. Mm. Like I think um it's too much all or nothing all or nothing like takeaways was a big one for me you know what the chinese Mm. takeaway i used to always get salt and chili chicken or honey chili chicken chips rice boom unreal and that when you switch to vegetables and some like sauce it's not the same 
until I think you get really into vegetables. Yeah. Like dirty vegetables covered in some sort of dirty sauce. Because then it's the same thing. Like It's like our bodies start craving new things. The Mm. more you eat a wide variety of fruit and veg, the more the biomes are present in your gut, the more that sends messages to your brain, the more you crave it. So Mm -hmm. at the start, you're craving the things you're eating before, animal products. But with time, you genuinely, you don't crave the stuff anymore. It's not that it's like oh, I'd love to eat that, but, you know, I won't out of reasons. It's like, I don't even I don't even want to eat it. So, it can, it, um, yeah, you, the Chinese with just the vegetables does mm. actually seem appealing. Although, crispy tofu, crispy chilli tofu. Well, in Northern Ireland, there's... In Belfast, you can get tofu, but, see, when you venture out of Belfast, it's quite hard to get tofu. Mm-hmm. And sometimes when you get it, it's not that crispy. And you do crave that. There's some places that do this, like... It must just be deep-fried tofu. Because I cannot replicate it at home. But it's like deep-fried tofu. And it's spongy. Mm -hmm. Which might put people off. But I actually love the sponginess. You know that one? Yeah. It's like Ting Tai Caravan in Edinburgh, if you've ever been. Yes, and it's like got a sweet chilli sauce on it. Oh, I just got goosebumps. Oh, my God. (laughs) I've... I've, Ting Tai Caravan is one of the things that I'm missing the most. FYI... I'm travelling the world. We're actually in Malaga at the moment. And I'm travelling the world with my boyfriend, Octavian, in our self-converted camper van. So mm. um, uh, I feel like I was going somewhere with that. Uh, so you miss things in Edinburgh. So I miss things in Edinburgh. I miss yeah. things in Edinburgh. Like Ting Tai Caravan. That's where I'm from. Edinburgh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, good night. <laughs> we good? Uh, <laughs> yeah, so me and Rachel actually met each other in Edinburgh, which mm-hmm. is why you're probably thinking, what is with these accents here? There's some weird things going on. Mm-hmm. But we met each other in Edinburgh, and I've come to visit her, and I'm sleeping on the floor of the camper van, which is actually really comfortable. <laughs> the wee cushions down there, it's great. But we went to a little... I was going to say bistro, we restaurant. It was in... called a bistro. Was that bistro? Mm-hmm. Mimi, no, Mimo's bistro. Mimo's bistro in Malaga. So if you're ever in Malaga, check this shit out. So um, it's all the th- the thing, the type of vegan restaurant I love the most is the ones that are really healthy. They've got they're like this place was organic. It was local farmers. Mm-hmm. It was fresh. It was delicious so many colours so much nutrition and the guy in there actually talking about just turning vegan do you remember he was telling that story about his whole family were vegan they're actually Polish and they travelled over and his dad said that when he got to Malaga to help him run the restaurant that he was going to turn vegan so he brought a big Polish sausage with him (laughs) on the drive and then at the border, as soon as he went into the border of Malaga, he just scoffed down this sausage, yeah. like the final sausage. And that was it, no going back. I'm so curious if he snuck in a few sneaky sausages along the way. What do you think? I don't know, because like the food that they're making there, oh. you wouldn't need to. And it, and the thing about it is it was ultra seasonal as well. Like the menu like changed. Mm. They said that they changed the menu really frequently depending on which vegetables were available in the local area in that season which is really cool um but yeah I don't think he would I don't think he would have snuck snuck in sausages 
I hope not. It was. It was a fantastic experience. That Mimo. It was really good. Yeah, it was. It's that freshness. The guy that was working there, he owned it, I think the whole family owned it, he was saying about how the majority of his customers are actually not vegan or not even vegetarian, which is really interesting because I never thought it would be like that. Yeah. I think it's a very attractive outside... Does it actually say Mimo's Vegan Bistro? Yeah, that's the Mm. name. I feel like that would deter a lot of meat eaters. I think it depends what attitude they have. Mm. Um, But I think he made a good point, an interesting point, about how they've maybe been kind of like influenced by like advertisements because there's like a lot of like he was saying that there's billboards up now for like McDonald's or Burger King advertising like their new vegan burger and it's like a huge billboard when you're driving into Malaga so his theory or what he thinks is happening and he's happy about is that people are seeing that and thinking like getting this message every day like vegan 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 and then it makes them think oh maybe I'll try some vegan food and mm. and then they head over to Mimo vegan bistro which would be better than going to the the fast food because they've already caused so much disruption destruction disruption Dis- either um <laughs> disruption or destruction yeah. <laughs> that's that's something that we're going to have to get into another time the whole like fast food restaurants going vegan because on one hand it's like right but think about how many animals you've slaughtered to make these big macs and stuff come on Mm. like that's obscene but then on the other hand it's like well you've got a lot of power you're a global franchise and if you're becoming more conscious and aware and vegan orientated that could have huge ramifications Mm. so it's kind of like is it kind of like better late than never or is it kind of like too little too late I think it's a really good transitionary thing. You know, a lot of people say this about vegan meats. I've read that a lot of vegan meats are suspectedly, supposedly, actually meant to be a transitionary thing. Mm-hmm. So you'll eat vegan burgers so you feel like the taste of meat. Because you, I mean, I certainly did crave it a lot when I was starting to transition into the vegetarian thing. I was craving meat. I remember having dreams about it, like actual dreams. Because I worked in a restaurant and they had they had duck on the menu, and I was dreaming about this duck. Wait, it wasn't even duck; it was lamb. I was dreaming about this lamb, and I've never even had lamb. I've never even tried it, and all I could think about was this lamb. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just your body craving again what it knows. Mm-hmm. But I think that for those people that are transitioning, those things are really, really good. Because I used to be obsessed, I'm sure you'll remember this, Chicken Select from McDonald's. Yeah. <laughs> that was my night out food, would be three Chicken Selects, chips, sweet chili sauce. So that, I honestly think that was the thing that was hardest for me. Because <laughs> you know, on a night out, you're absolutely ravenous. Yeah, you are. You're like, give me... Greasy. I could I could eat for four people. Yeah, like I'm just need that. Yeah, horrible um, stuff. No, nah, I was the same. I think it's when you're when you're under the influence of alcohol. Mm. That's when it's the hardest. Ravenous, but I feel like we're truly past that. Oh, just changes. There's just I don't know. Some switch just flicks, and it's like, but people still ask you. Mm. We'll always ask you. Do you not? Do you not miss it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
And the simple answer is no. Um, and it's because, like, you 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 no longer see that animal products as an option anymore. It's mm. just not an option in your mind. Like, you do not... There is actually research on this. And it was like, you do not... Vegans, it's not a case of preference anymore. It's that that is not a viable option. It's not seen as something to consider in their mind. It's just like a... I don't know what the word is I'm looking for. Like, it's not even in a category. It's like, it's like whatever. Mm. So, um... And I think that is, I truly believe that's what happens. You don't look at it and think you want it anymore. You just don't think about it anymore because you realise all the benefits of being vegan. I think the only thing with that is there can be a frustration because you'll look, someone will bring over a menu, the waiter will bring over a menu, and you'll look at it and there'll only be one vegan option or no vegan options and you have to somehow build your own. (laughs) So then it's like, but I still wouldn't think about looking at the other options. Yeah. That wouldn't be... It's kind of like if you hated... Let's say you hated, like, coriander. <laughs> I think that's quite popular. And there was, like, a coriander stew. You would never even think of looking at it. Yeah. So it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. We just wouldn't even think about looking at yeah. the ribs. That's, the carcass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a good, that's a good way of describing it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have any experiences with, like, having to construct vegan options and it's gone really badly like they've not been accommodating in restaurants um well i haven't had to construct any that i can really remember because i'm one of those people that would look at the menu in advance so if somebody's chosen somewhere with nothing vegan i would be quite oh i actually know one wasn't really constructing but i went out with like work people a few months ago and there was literally not one vegan option on the menu so I ended up having and I'm starving it was like two o'clock hadn't eaten anything buzzing for some food and all I could have was like chips and bread oh my god <laughs> how miserable is that and the bread came, it was like bread and dips but the bread was like tapenade which is great mm-hmm. vegan delicious and olive oil but like just like six different types of bread and I remember around the table, everyone was like, why are you, why is that all you're having? And I'm like, hashtag vegan. You know what I mean? Do you have any stories? <laughs> yeah. Um, you know this one. But um, bad experience in Italy. We went to a restaurant. We actually called in advance, um, phoned them up to, to ask if they had options. And they said they did, which was good. Um, and we got there and when we said that they, we were vegan they were just totally like totally baffled at what they could make like just like what on earth like oh so we were like chatting with the waitress for ages and we finally came to the conclusion of just doing simple like rice with vegetables that would be fine and then she went off to put it into the kitchen and then we were waiting and waiting and nothing came and we were starving. Similar situation. I think it was late in the afternoon. We hadn't eaten breakfast. We were starving. And then um, nothing came. So we queried it. And then the waitress went running off. And then the head chef slash manager slash owner, someone important, came out and um, was just like, was really like, like, um, like, uh, irritated? No, like aggravated by it and said like um like i don't know what you're expecting to eat here we primarily do seafood at this restaurant like 
uh, the only thing I could really offer you is boiled right white rice. <laughs> <laughs> so we politely declined and left, but that was quite bad. Oh, fuck them. Yeah. Like, it's, I have a real, like, I've worked in restaurants a lot, and there's a real, there is an issue with chefs. It's not, it's not fair to say that about all chefs. It's like that, not all chefs yeah. argument. <laughs> <laughs> not all chefs, but quite a few of them find it that I've had experience with have been very against veganism Mm -hmm. like when I worked in Edinburgh in a bar they used to just be raging at me and like I remember for lunch we got our food like for free Mm -hmm. because we're working and I used to say oh can I have the soup it would be like tomato soup and like some olives no no pal no having that them olives are expensive we're not having that I'd be like are you having a fucking laugh like just like and it was only because I was vegan. I know it was because mm-hmm. people were ordering these big, massive chicken burgers and chips, like loads of food. But whatever I wanted was like, nah, you're not going with the grain here. I'm gonna make it difficult for you, yeah, because your choices make me think about my own morality. Exactly. That might be an episode. <laughs> yeah. No, that is when people are re- respond in a. Uh, aggressive way to veganism is a reflection of themselves. They can't, they don't like what it brings up in themselves, generally speaking. I think that's not even just veganism, I think with anything. Yeah. You know, if someone's acting a certain way and you really act out, it's probably a reflection of something that you don't like about yourself. Yeah, you know? exactly. Every, like, anything that you see, any traits you see in another person that, that trigger you, are because they're a reflection of things that you've not come to terms with mm. within yourself. Yeah, and I think that, I mean, veganism is a big moral thing. And, yeah. you know, I don't think that there's very many arguments against it. Yeah. So it's very, although people will try. And people back. Will really try. And, like, back to the whole I can only give you bread and chips or I can only give you white rice situation. That is because people really don't seem to realise just how much is available just how much of a variety and array of things are available for people in a vegan diet it doesn't need to be this extravagant elaborate thing it could just be something very simple some like really nice cooked veggies like in a with a nice sauce or whatever like it doesn't need to be this complicated thing and i think um because when you think about the counter it's like oh he's given you He's been aggy with you for asking for olives opposed to a chicken burger. But then think about how, just how much more complicated the chicken burger really is. They've had to, like, like impregnate a female chicken, make it... Oh, no, they don't impregnate chickens, <laughs> they lay eggs. <laughs> they've had to get they've had to get fertilised eggs and raise them into chicks, raise them into chickens, feed them, keep them under special conditions, slaughter them, process the meat, cook the meat... And eat it when all we're asking for is to like plant some seeds. Like it's just like I just feel like the comparison mm. is just absurd. It's like you're making it seem like veganism's this big difficult thing to to accommodate, but really, animal products. Think about how many more steps in the process line there are. Like you know, there's you're raising. There's the conception of the animal, then you're raising it and you're feeding it in a farm then you're having to slaughter it, then you're having to like process the meat, then you're having to transport the meat, then you have to like preserve the meat, then you have to cook the meat, and then, so it's just like... Unless the meat goes off, 
and he threw out the meat and it was all in vain and it was all for nothing <laughs> all for nothing so it's just it's just crazy how much attitudes seem to think that that's mm. the easier thing to make but I think any lifestyle thing is a big change like we said before it is a big change to learn how to cook vegan right but if it's not it's your job <laughs> as a chef mm. you know and you know I would imagine most chefs are quite experimental mm. You know, any that I've worked for, they get excited about making new things, but for some reason, if it's not meat, yeah, that just completely dulls. Like, it's such, it is a challenge sometimes if you have no idea what you're doing. Like, if you don't know the spice combos, yeah, which by the way, you should as a chef. Yeah, but if you don't know them, it is, it is confusing. Mm-hmm. But, but yeah. they should have it in them that they're they're excited and willing mm. to try. Yeah. Absolute kudos to the the meaty restaurants that have a full vegan menu yeah oh it's so great like i went out recently to cypress avenue it's a place in belfast if you're in belfast check it out it's really good and they just brought over this whole big vegan menu and they had all of the things like they had like a nut roast and they had like they've just really they had like a burger and something else and it wasn't just the standard thing like there's always seems to be a burger that always is a curry Mm -hmm. But see, when they actually go out and do something a wee bit interesting, I can't even remember what I got. I got like a ro- oh, I got a cauliflower steak, mm-hmm. and they made like this vegan gravy, and it was like thick. It had like wee like shallots in it or something. Banging! So it, impressed. That's amazing, and it just shows you just how much um, how much we can actually do with plant based food. And if the same amount of effort went into developing vegan recipes as has gone into developing meat recipes, like, you know, restaurants just would be like, there is just, I feel like we've barely scratched the surface of like, just how much we can actually do with vegan food. And you only need to check out like a YouTube channel. If you are thinking about going vegan and you're not sure where to start, just, like, get on YouTube. There's some incredible channels, like, Avant-Garde Vegan. Gaz, love him. (laughs) He's got, like, such a repertoire for any sort of situation. He's got things that you can make for your lunch and lunch boxes, and then he's got things for, like, a proper grand dinner party, and he's got everything in between. He's got loads of, like, midweek meals and, like, interesting meals, and it all looks so appetising. Um... That I think it makes you realise, oh my gosh, like there's so much. And then mm-hmm. that can inspire you. And then you're like, oh, I could do a variation of that. And then when you're in the shop, you feel f- so much better equipped to know what to pick up because you've got ideas in your mind. Yeah, completely. There's another one which is called Doesn't, Ch- Doesn't Taste Like Chicken, which is this girl. And she's really fun. Her um, barbecue jackfruit is just epic. But put it in for an extra 20 minutes and she says... <laughs> But like, there's so much. Like, even if you type into Google, vegan burger, there's actually millions yeah, of things. Yeah. Maybe that can be a wee bit overwhelming, though. You know, it's like, which is the right one? Which way should I actually do it? Like, I think that's just something you learn as you go along. Yeah. But some people don't. I think there's probably a lot of people who just eat a lot of the fast foody things, yeah. which obviously isn't good. No, no. And it's not that necessarily like all vegan items are healthier. It's just that they are a lot more sustainably made and a lot more ethical. Um, so you should still treat these processed products as like a treat, I think. Mm. And 
something like not something to have in your everyday diet because they have got like I think a lot of people often say like that when you look at the ingredient list Mm. of some of these veggie burgers it's just so many different things and that's true and it is it does put me off sometimes but if you treat if it's a treat then it's you you know you're okay and you can do it a lot healthier if you want to Mm. totally so what was your what did you used to think about vegans before you became vegan or even thought about it did you have thoughts about vegans i don't know because i don't want to sound judgmental i think i think i um but you're essentially if you're judgmental you're just judging yourself now past years judging yourself so i don't think it's a bad thing <laughs> like people are going to say i can't believe you said that about vegans and you'd be like oh wait <laughs> yeah that's me, that's me. <laughs> i think i just thought that it would be like kind of similar to what we've said already i think i thought it would be really hard in fact you go first because i think i want to think about this more so my first experience of veganism was really in second year and one of my friends went vegan and i remember being shocked i didn't really like judge it though because i thought it was quite cool i actually thought it was quite like a powerful thing to do because I knew her really well and she's a really cool person so I thought she must really care about this I think that's a cool thing that she's doing that but I also remember I met another friend of mine I'm not going to say names just yet (laughs) another friend of mine who's a big influence in in my vegan journey but she I met her in France and I saw her for the first time and she said hi um I'm vegan (laughs) and I was like oh god she's gonna be so boring (laughs) like she didn't look boring Mm. she didn't I didn't know anything about her like that was a snap judgment Mm. but I remember thinking like god if you have if you're vegan that's probably gonna be really boring even though I knew this other girl but she hadn't been vegan for very long so I don't think it really it didn't I didn't think the same about it because I knew her already but this other girl was like, oh. And it turns out, by the way, she's the least boring person ever. She's actually extremely vibrant and exciting. But I remember she made me this, like, cauliflower curry. And it was just like, I was like, oh, my God. I think that was the first knowingly vegan meal I had. I'm sure I've had loads of vegan meals. I was like pasta or whatever. But I couldn't believe it. I was like, whoa, you can actually do this. And then I remember I went home and I made some, I just fried some vegetables and ate them. That's all it was. Maybe there was some rice in there. I was like, oh my God, this is delicious. <laughs> and that was when it started, the cogs started to turn a little bit. That wasn't the very beginning, but it was sort of the, the seeds. Because I think there always is little seeds. It doesn't just sort of come upon you one day, you know? Yeah. Yeah. That is cool. Yeah, I think my first experience... I It's hard to remember because I had a few friends that were veggie and I never thought it was... I never was like, oh, I think I thought I could never do that and really liked meat at the time. So I was like, oh, I could never do that. But I never thought that... I never, like, uh, struggled to see the value in the choice, I think. Because I remember when I was, like, really young... Um, I, I had this moment of, wait, hold on a second. It was almost like I had this like moment of, 
wait, meat is animals. And I made the connection in my mind and I felt really uncomfortable with it. And we were on a family holiday in Switzerland and we'd been driving up these beautiful mountainous roads and I was looking at the animals in the fields and it kind of just like one and one just seemed to add up. And I was like, that those animals in those fields get killed and I eat them. And that feels weird. And I spoke to my family and said, we we're just discussing about me maybe being veggie. And they were like kind of supportive, kind of like just going with what way they knew. And in the end, I never became veggie. Um, but I think because of that experience, I was always kind of like, I can see the value in it. And then kind of just like, didn't really think much about it. And then I had some friends that were veggie which I thought was cool, but again, it wasn't enough to make me think about doing it. And then, and then I think the, well, and then I think, I guess the turning point that made me vegan was I started watching, like, documentaries, and then I was like, hold on, like, there's, there's some stuff going on here, and then I decided, I think I'm gonna, I think I'm gonna try. So yeah, like in terms of like attitudes towards vegans before, I don't think I ever had negative attitudes towards them. I think I just thought, oh, but I don't think I could do that. I enjoy meat. Mm. And, um, and and I think I tried to kind of comfort myself by saying, you know, the arguments people make, like it's a circle of life and we need protein. And so I need to eat meat. It's important to eat meat. But there was a lot of scare tactics even when you told like I don't know if it's the same for you but if I told family members you know they'd be a bit like oh well make sure you're getting xyz but you would never say that to a meat eater mm-hmm. which is absurd because so many meat eaters are depleted in so yeah, many nutrients so de- yeah that's it they're so depleted like even b12 like yeah. there's so many people depleted in b12 who eat meat and yet it seems to be this thing that only vegans and like you can't have a natural... Humans aren't meant to eat just vegetables because of B12. <laughs> Fucking B12. Which actually comes from the earth, by the way, I just said. No, it does. And it's like the whole the omega-3 thing with fish. It's like, well, the fish get it from eating the yeah, seaweed algae. and the algae. <laughs> um, and yeah, I think it was in Game Changers. You should watch documentary. Oh. Um, I've watched it. Have you? <laughs> but you were talking to I was the wa- people. I was talking to the audience. fluffy little man on the table. <laughs> Um, in Game Changers, I'm sure the guy says that he has like this nice graph on the screen, and it's like the typical, I think it was American diet. People are de- depleted in all of these things, but then the vegan diet, it was like so much less. I can't remember the numbers to give it context, but it like visually, like it was a huge thing with the meat eaters, typical diet, and then with vegans, it's so much less. So how do you feel when you're the only vegan at a dinner party? I think less so now, um, but for a long time it made me feel like I was being the difficult one and that I was being awkward. And I think sometimes people, especially if if um, I was eating out, I would kind of just like, I'd just kind of cave and I would be like, oh, it's fine. Like I can just have this. It's fine. And I would choose something maybe veggie. Um, yeah, it makes it made me feel like I was being difficult and I was making problems unnecessarily. Um, when in reality, the whole point of being vegan is isn't a personal choice. Well, it is personal choice, but I'm I'm aware that the ramifications of that choice are it I expand to something that's far greater than just me and what I'm eating. 
Um, so I wish sometimes I kind of like it was frustrating that other people couldn't realize that I was making this bold choice to to cut out all animal products because I could because not just because I was being picky but because I was I realized that something had to change if we're serious about the planet and about animals and stuff I think it's a wee bit easier because quite a few of my friends have become vegetarian or vegan now not all of them but like quite a few of them so at least at dinner parties there's often like at least two of us but when there's not I think if your friends are awkward about it they're probably not the best friends <laughs> well maybe they are but I think it's definitely a conversation that needs to be had maybe an awkward one at that but you know nowadays like if I go out with friends even if they're all meat eaters they would actively choose somewhere with the vegan options like I think it's just a nice thing to do it was it would be like if someone was like gluten intolerant I feel like I would actively look for somewhere that has gluten gluten-free options mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but I think I I'm not as I was awkward about it at the start because you don't want to be that odd one out mm-hmm. it's making it awkward especially if you're going somewhere though there isn't vegan options and you have to ask all these questions and it's like really daunting especially if you're a new vegan but when you're into it a wee bit it's different because also you know more about it you know, so if anyone questions you on it, you can say like, "Hey, well, actually, X, Y, Z," rather than be like, "Just because I just I don't like to eat animals." Yeah. <laughs> you know, so you feel more confident as like a vegan or vegetarian, whatever, mm-hmm. to back up your choice because you're fully mm-hmm. you've like researched it and you know your shit now. You know. Oh yeah, knowledge is power. Mm. Yeah, but yeah, I think it was more how it made me feel rather than external people being difficult apart from people in restaurants if they mm. weren't prepared to make anything but I think I feel quite happy because since I since I've decided to be like fully vegan I think my family have been pretty supportive and they've always tried to like stock the house up with stuff if I'm if I'm home which makes it a lot easier yeah I was really surprised actually I remember expecting this big backlash when I told my family and I was like, I'm thinking of going vegan. And everyone was like, okay. <laughs> it was like, what? Like, there was a few comments here and there, but it was nothing like... I thought they were going to be like, what? What are you talking about? Everyone just said, okay. I was like, what? And my mum would still sort of say, like, oh, are you sure you don't want a wee bit of cake? Or do you want a wee bit of this? And I'm like no (laughs) but I think she just she feels a wee bit bad like we're all having cake and you don't have any cake yeah but it's this weird switch now that at the beginning I would have thought god I'd love a bit of cake and it would have been really hard to say no and also you're fitting in everyone's having cake you want to be part of the group yeah you know pack mentality or whatever Yeah. yeah yeah but now it's it's just like the menu I don't see it as an option it's like no I'm not it's not like oh I'm dying for it sometimes I'll be thinking oh I'd love something sweet but I usually bring my own wee packet of popcorn (laughs) yeah yeah no I totally agree yeah yeah (laughs) what does veganism mean to you Kerry I think initially I thought it was just food I always associate it with food now there's going to be technical terms for all of these if you look through the dictionary 
but I think it's very well known that veganism is now the whole spectrum of everything. So that includes what you wear, what you put on your face, your makeup, if it's cruelty free, all of those things. I, I can't remember who it was, but I remember saying like, I'm vegan at one point at near the beginning. And I was like, I'm vegan, <laughs> just like that. And someone said, all right, so you don't wear any animal products. And that caught me off guard because I, I hadn't even thought about that at this point. I was like, oh shit, I forgot about all the animal, like leather and wool and all of this. I didn't even think about that. So I thought, oh wait, maybe I'm not vegan. And then you go through this thing in your head like, can I really say I'm vegan? Yeah. <laughs> and then when it comes to all the products and stuff, but I think that's been, again, a transitionary thing. So, like, I wouldn't buy... I think this could be a whole episode. Mm -hmm. But I wouldn't specifically buy things that are not vegan. Like, I would... Even shoes. I'm very... Like, I always check to see if they're vegan leather. Oh. If they're leather. Or whatever. Suede. Anything. So, yeah. I mean, it, I think that term encompasses the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lifestyle. It's not just a diet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, and I had a similar thing where I think a very similar question, um, and I was kind of caught off guard by it too because I thought it was just what you ate, because um, that seems like a more raw um, interaction with these products, like things that you're eating rather than using. But it's kind of like a thing where you pass a point of no return. Like you think, oh, well, maybe I don't feel comfortable wearing wool. Like I don't need to, and maybe I don't really want to use leather. Like. When you think about what it is, it's like disconnection thing again. When you realise that it's come from an animal and what's had to happen for you to use that product, it's kind of just like do the do the do the means justify the gain? Is that the expression? Do the ends justify the, the means? Do the ends justify the means? And you, I think, once you kind of commit more and more to this lifestyle, you realise that the 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 me the means is it the means? don't justify it. the end doesn't justify the, the means are how you get there the end is the final thing so the means don't justify the end mm. Mm. I think that will be covered in a later episode yeah keep your eye on it because we're going to be talking all about clothes yeah charity um, shops beauty products beauty products cleaning products all of that yet to come oh yeah Dirty vegetables. Dirty vegetables. Alright, so thank you for tuning in for our first episode of Ooh, Dirty Vegetables. Dirty vegetables. Dirty vegetables. Dirty vegetables. It's been a long time coming and we're happy that we're finally sitting down and doing it. Getting the ball rolling. Getting the ball rolling. Which by the way, anyone thinking about starting a podcast, don't don't talk yourself out of it you should do it <laughs> and also anyone thinking about becoming vegan we'd love to hear about your journey what's going on if you have any questions we love a good vegan question yeah love it and um yeah follow us on instagram at dirty, dirty vegetables, vegetables with a z z at the end very key yeah and we really hope that this has got the clogs in your head turning about veganism clogs <laughs> clogs <laughs> I hope you have 
clogs in your head turn in <laughs> as well. We're keeping that in, by the way. That's staying in like hundred percent. I hope is what I'm trying to say. Mama Mia, when you've got a thing in front of you, it makes you feel like sometimes you've sometimes it's like I forgot that we're even doing this, and other times it's like oh my goodness, I have to say everything correct, and then you end up saying things weird, like like you're speaking a way you would never normally speak. My clogs are turning. <laughs> I hope that it started, if you're not vegan, I hope that it's made you maybe start to consider the lifestyle. And if you are, I hope that this ha- is entertaining. Yeah, absolutely. And on our Instagram, we're going to post some recipes, going to post some pictures of dirty vegetables. <laughs> you know, keep an eye out and feel free to message us at any time. Also, if you have any ideas for future episodes, we'd love to hear them. And you could email us at dirtyvegetableswithaz at gmail.com. Or just send us a message on Instagram. On an Instagram. Either or. We're flexible. We're Maybe easy. one day we'll have a Twitter. Maybe. We're flexible, but not flexitarian. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Very different. Okay, peace out. Bye.